Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolph fans, and welcome into the Thursday, May the 30th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, voluntary minicamp is winding down. The players are off today and hit the practice field for practice number nine out of nine tomorrow. We've got media reports from Wednesday's practice Brian Flores' media availability, including praise for two downtrodden Dolphins, a undrafted free agent wide receiver catching a lot of buzz, plus a position change for one of Miami's captains and Rashad Jones' absence. We're going to go into the Twitter mailbag. We have a busy show, but before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on the new Himalaya podcast app. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at NFL, the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter, as voted by Dolphins Twitter. You can find the show at LockedOnFins, and check out LockedOnDolphins.com. We had a bunch of new content go up on Wednesday, including new pieces from Jason Harina, yours truly, as well as Chris Kowalowski. So check out all that stuff. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. I've got a lot of content to get to. Let's go ahead and jump right in. That's another Miami Dolphins and first on today's Locked On Dolphins podcast is brought to you by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own trip with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically anywhere you go. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. Let's go ahead and jump right into this Brian Flores media availability. And again, a fair warning. He's not going to tell you a whole lot. But in 15 minutes of speaking, it's pretty hard to not let at least some cats out of the bag. And we're going to start here off the top. He gave praise to Charles Harris. The media asked him who he thought was doing a good job throughout the course of this week. And he started with Charles Harris saying that he was doing a good job in the classroom, on the field. He's very smart, hardworking, a lot of ability there. And he's pleased with where Charles Harris is at. And he mentioned some of the same stuff with Devontae Parker, talking about his length. And he said a little bit of strength, so he was a little bit measured in that approach as well. But he went out of his way to praise these two guys, Charles Harris and Devontae Parker, two guys that really need to have big years this year to get their careers back on track as Devontae Parker has two years on a deal, basically one year guaranteed of that deal. However, he will be cut if he doesn't produce this season. And Charles Harris... He's got two more years of club control after this, but if he wants to maintain that salary and stay on the roster, he's going to have to get some stuff done this year. Flores specifically mentioned Andrew Van Ginkle, the rookie linebacker from Wisconsin by name, talked about how he is doing a great job out there, has good speed, very instinctive, and a knack for making plays, which they sh- which he showed in college, and that was what they really fell in love with on his tape, and he hopes that translates to the NFL, and that's what I loved about his tape as well, the way Van Ginkle is smart and instinctive and gets himself into the hook zones on passing plays, and understands the quickest route to the quarterback as a blitzer, and he plays fast and he makes plays. So I am in lockstep agreement there with Coach. Somebody asked him about Adolphus Washington and what he thought about that signing. He mentioned the versatility, the pass rush ability, 
And this is what I'm talking about with he'll let some things come out of the, or some cats out of the bag in this regard. He mentioned the pass rush ability, and then he said he does some good things in the run game because from where I sit, that was kind of the scouting report on him as well. He could rush the passer, but wasn't going to give you much against the run. He mentioned there was some production from Washington in this league, something this defense needs a lot of because up front, they don't have many guys that have produced. Somebody asked, is Eric Rowe the favorite for the cornerback spot opposite Xavier Howard? And he asked, what do you want to see from those guys? Which basically took away the necessity to answer that first part of the question. And Flores said, I want to see all of them compete. He mentioned Eric Rowe. And then he said Jamal Wiltz and Nick Needham, like two guys that basically are afterthoughts if you're not following this team as close as we do every day here on the podcast, on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, Jamal Wiltz and Nick Needham, two guys that he praised individually as well. That's cool to hear from those guys. They asked, will Xavier Howard travel with the team's top receiver? And once again, going back to the same old adage, it'll be game plan based, Flores said. Specific matchups for each opponent, and that'll be the case for the entire defense to put them in position to do the things that they do well. And then I recognized Andy Cohen's voice asking the next question about common traits for rookies, undrafted rookies that is, that make the team and that have been successful as UDFAs. And Flores listed off these traits. They're tough, they're dependable, they're consistent, they have a chip on their shoulder. But he also mentioned that goes to guys that were drafted, guys that were undrafted, guys from the Canadian Football League. And he even dropped the AAF in there, which why wouldn't he? Because this Dolphins team loaded up on AAF players. He said they all have that toughness and that competitiveness, and that's been the theme of the entire offseason. They shift gears and asked a question about the way he feels the value of a fullback presents to a football team, and Flores said it establishes a toughness. We want to run the football, something I think is going to be very much the case and very much a true statement from Coach going forward. I value the position, Coach Flores says. There's a toughness and a grit that I like on my team. And then a follow-up question came in. Is that because of a counterpunch to the league and the way it's gone recently? Or is that just how you've always been? And Coach Flores kind of smirked and said, well, I played linebacker and I had to deal with fullbacks and it's not the easiest thing to do. Wherever the league goes, that's where it goes. But dealing with a lead blocker isn't an easy thing to do and we want to be a tough football team. So he's sticking by that one for sure and he's sticking by his quarterback tenants at the position. As a reporter asked between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen, who are different quarterbacks at different points in their career, but what do they have in common? Flores said they're both smart. They both have leadership ability. And this next one really got me. They both build relationships with their teammates, which is very important to me at the position. And as much as you like Ryan Tannehill, the guy, and as respectful as he is and nice as he is to the media in public and says the right things, the reports were that he and Lauren Tannehill, his wife, were pretty private people, and he didn't really do much to extend himself in the locker room. And frankly, I saw that when I was in the locker room. He was in kind of the corner of the locker room and didn't have much of a report with the other guys on the team. Some guys would come by and give him a slap on the back or whatever. Of course, after a big couple of wins that we saw down there when I was in South Florida, but there wasn't really that camaraderie as other portions of the locker room had. And so Coach Flores wants the quarterbacks to be one of the other guys. And I don't think Ryan Tannehill was ever that. And then Flores said, both guys are good players. Both love to compete and both want to win. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is taking the bulk of the number one reps. As we talked about on the podcast early in the week, that should come as no surprise. Joe Shad then asked Coach, what have you noticed about Josh Rosen throughout OTAs? 
And Coach Flores answered, he's smart, has a big arm, he's talented, leadership once again. But then he went off the reservation and said, he's got a lot to learn. There's no doubt about that. This isn't an easy offense to learn, but he's improving every day. He's putting in the work. That's the progress that we are looking for. And I'm not just seeing that only from Josh, but from the majority of the group. And we feel good about that progress across the roster. And finally, somebody asked about penciling and starters at this time of the year. And he replied by saying, basically, you've got to be ready for anything that happens because anything in this league can and will happen. And you've got to be ready to adapt. So we'll just live in a fluid world as this is a fluid league. So Coach Flores, once again, so, so measured. He's not going to tell you much. There's a lot of repetition in there about the leadership, being smart, being tough. All of those fun football cliches we joke about all the time, but there are a few indications here and there, as I noted throughout those comments. And before we shift over to the second segment of the podcast today, Preston Williams, the UDFA from Colorado State, the one that we kind of talked badly about on the podcast yesterday, at least my friend Brad Kelly did, he has been tearing up camp. He's pretty much the hot name from training camp or from mini camp this year, as has been the case in the past with guys like Devontae Parker. I think back to 2008 when Devon Best blew up mini camp and then worked his way into training camp. That's the kind of progression you want to see from Preston Williams. Can he continue this into training camp, into the preseason, and then once he makes the roster, if he does, he has to progress from there as well. But good signs from a big-time receiver as far as his stature and build and the way he plays the position. The Dolphins could certainly use a guy of that build, whether it's Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, or Bryce Butler. And one last note, somebody asked me about Anthony Davis, the recently reinstated offensive tackle from the 49ers, the 29-year-old who was twice retired. Will the Dolphins kick the tie? on Anthony Davis? My answer is no, because he did retire twice. And what was the message of the entire offseason? We want guys that love football and that will prioritize football. And Anthony Davis, maybe he needs to come back because he does love the game, but it's probably more about the financial reasons. So I think the Dolphins ultimately pass on that decision. All right, we're going to come back on the other side of the podcast and talk about a column that I penned on Wednesday. I'm quite happy with the way it turned out. I think it's very encouraging for a couple of reasons, but also just think it's interesting in the way this team is changing its landscape on defense. We'll talk about that next here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. Some drama unfolding in Davey between the Dolphins and a longtime stalwart of this team and one of the longtime leaders. In fact, the most tenured Miami Dolphin, not named John Denny, Rashad Jones was a topic during this press conference and they asked Coach Flores, is Jones going to be a starter when he comes back? And Flores, as he is wont to do, basically poo-pooed the idea that anyone has a uh, starting spot on the roster. He said, everyone's got to work to be a starter. There's no sacred cows, not in this game. And sacred cows, I looked it up myself, is basically in Hindu culture, they elevate these cows to this level where they are free and impervious from criticism. So he's saying that Rashad Jones is basically not holier than thou. You have to earn what you get, Flores says, and that's the case for everybody on this team. The next question was about Bobby McCain and how can he help your defense? And he referenced McCain's ability to communicate. He tackles well. He defends the deep part of the field. He sets the edge and he makes plays from a playmaking standpoint. Somebody then asked, do you see him as a guy that can move around? 
around, and Flores said he's smart enough to play corner, safety, nickel. He's a smart player, made a lot of plays in this league. And that rolls us right into our topic today for the LockedOnDolphins.com material. Rashad Jones' absence and Bobby McCain's new position. I wrote it yesterday right around noon Eastern time. And it starts by talking about that sacred cow comment as well as the comments about starting positions at this point in the league year as we have a long way to go here in late May as pretty much we have June practices and then training camp at the end of July. That's when the season gets going. But from now, Rashad Jones is not there. And it goes back to the conversations that Flores himself said he had with Rashad Jones. And he's going to keep those conversations between he and Rashad Jones. But he does expect him to be at mandatory minicamp next week. And that's where the interesting dynamic of this comes in. Because why is Rashad Jones not there right now when the rest of his teammates that are healthy are out there and practicing and learning this new program? Most guys that set out this time of the year are guys that are in established programs. They don't have to come in and learn a new scheme, learn the way things are done under this new coaching staff. There's no need for a new contract. Rashad Jones is the highest paid player on the Miami Dolphins team. So why is he not there? And two different sources told me, or two different accounts, I should say, told me some reasons why he might not be there. One is the fact that he might not be healthy enough to where he feels comfortable going out there and running around on the football field where he could get contacted. And that comes from Rashad Butler, the host, or a co-host rather, of some radio shows down in South Florida, both on 560 and 790. I did a show with Rashad previously this year. He used to play at the University of Miami, so he knows what he's talking about. And he said, if I'm not 100% confident that I'm healthy, I'm not going to get out there and run around. And that makes sense because because Rashad has basically had declining play the last three years when this labrum issue popped up because 2015, he was an all-pro level player who played 1,120 snaps that year. And then the next year, he tears the labrum after six games and he was playing very well in those six games and plays just 431 snaps. Then 2017, he comes back and plays the entire season again, 1,016 snaps. But he wasn't the same player, and his pro football focus grade goes from in 2016 to ninth best safety in the NFL, all the way down to 65th best safety in the NFL. And there were some issues with poor angles, poor tackling, out of position and coverage, things like that that just weren't typical of Rashad Jones. And then last year, he had some good moments, but also some bad ones too which all kind of came to a head when he didn't start a game against the Green Bay Packers because the previous week against the Jets, he took himself off the field. So Rashad Jones, the impact, the effectiveness on the field isn't what it used to be. I think it can get back to that if he's healthy, but that's the big question mark here with the shoulder. Is he going to be healthy? And at the contract they're paying him, I think that he owes it to his teammates and to this coaching staff to be out there. That's my position. You might disagree with that. I know it's voluntary, But it really just seems like this is a no-brainer in terms of should you be out there or should you be back at home working with your own trainer? I think you should be involved in the program. It's three days out of the week. It's for three weeks long. I think you can make amendments to get there for nine days out of the offseason. I don't think it's that big of a deal to get your ass out there. But again, I'm not a professional. I'm not in his position. So I'm not going to tell him what he should or shouldn't do. But it's my opinion that I think that he should be out there. And now the other portion of this article, it's kind of got interesting timing 
timing because it comes down on the same day that we hear about Rashad Jones and kind of not having this sacred place within the organization is that Bobby McCain, and we talked about it last week, actually probably one of the first ones to get to it, that he might have a role transitioning back into more of a safety position. And it's not really more of that traditional safety role in terms of I think he's going to play single high center field safety for the entire year, but I think he has the versatility to go ahead and play some reps back there and allow guys to work coverage underneath. But also in this defense, we've talked about this a million times, the safeties in this defense have to be able to come down and cover guys man up. And so if you're going to get Minka Fitzpatrick, Rashad Jones, and Bobby McCain onto the field with Xavier Howard and Eric Rowe, that's your nickel package. Define it however you want. But the bottom line is that gives you four guys across the board that can match up and man coverage and give the Dolphins the man coverage defense they want to run, which is way better than anything TJ McDonald, the next defensive back in line, in my opinion, would give you from a coverage standpoint. Plus, he doesn't give you a whole lot by way of roaming sideline to sideline as a deep center field safety. And in this defense with the Patriots last year under Coach Flores, the third safety plays 60% of the snaps. So if Deron Harmon's role is to be Bobby McCain, who plays that center field single high safety role for 50% of the snaps, and he plays 25% of the snaps down as a slot cornerback, what's wrong with that? Use the versatility, get the best guys on the field, get the best guys on the field doing the things that they do best, and that's how you're going to win games, that's how you're going to outcoach teams, and that's how a foundation and a trust and a core will be built on this football team. And frankly, I go back over some of these clips of Bobby McCain working as a safety, working as a corner, working in the slot, working in run defense, as coach mentioned. He can do all these things. He has 44 run stops over the last three seasons. That is stops that come within two yards of the line of scrimmage. And he only has 21 missed tackles over those three years. So to the guy that told me that Bobby McCain is a bad tackler, let's just stop right there because that's patently false. It's not true. He can tackle. He was fourth among all cornerbacks in run stops last year. He can blitz. He can cover. I'm excited about that group. Now we do lack a lot of depth in that group and that's where things start to get dicey because as we know in this league, every position is going to suffer an injury throughout the year where you're going to have to plug guys in. Coach Flores talked about the fluidity of the league. In-game injuries happen. Injuries throughout the course of the week. Long-term injuries happen. We saw that all too well last season. And so while I think Miami is pretty good across the top five in the defensive back group, and maybe you have TJ McDonald there as a kind of safety contingency plan to Rashad Jones because they kind of do the same things as far as what they do best. Beyond those six guys, it's very thin. And if you're going to rely on Eric Rowe as one of those five guys, you're going to have to have depth behind him because you know he's going to get hurt because he does every single year to this point of his career. So the depth is scary. But the top five, to me, maybe loaded? Maybe that's too much or too strong of a word, but I think it's a very good group. And then, of course, the depth beyond that, we'll find out what we have in the Davis, Armstrong, McTire, Tankersley, Wiltz, Needham, the rest of the crew at this position. We'll find out what they have. But as far as the top five, as far as Bobby McCain at safety, as far as Rashad Jones having a role once he does get back, and I hope it happens soon at, at mandatory minicamp next week, I think the secondary can be pretty good. And all of that comes to a head, I think, with Xavier Howard playing lights out Stephon Gilmore, lockdown cornerback, 
And I think that Minka Fitzpatrick is going to have an absolute breakout year this year because I think they're going to use him in the roles that he does best, like they talked about, opposed to last season where he was basically just thrown into spots because they had needs at those spots and just said, deal with it, figure it out on your own rookie. You can make it happen. So a much more clear plan for this staff this year. And I think this secondary will be the driving force behind that plan. Okay, we're going to take a short break here and come back on the other side of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're going to take on your questions on the Twitter mailbag. But first, real quick, I want to tell you guys about these awesome shirts from Untuck It. Whether I'm at a nice dinner with the missus or throwing some corn in the backyard with my buddies, I like to look casual, comfortable, but also presentable. And that's where Untuck It comes in because guys come in all kinds of shapes and sizes and so should their shirts from tall, short, slim to relaxed. You ever wonder why your button-ups look so long and frumpy at the end of the day? It can be hard for guys to pull off that casual, untucked look that isn't sloppy and that's where Untuck It comes in. Untuck It is the solution that fits just right. Their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking, no tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com, promo code MBA, as in National Basketball Association. Untuckit.com, promo code MBA to get 20% off your first order with Untuck It. Content up on LockedOnDolphins.com just continues to get better from us. We have new writers up there. Chris Kowalowski doing a fantastic job with all of the off-season work. And my dude, my right-hand man, Jason Harina, at Miami D-Punks on Twitter, has been off a little bit for the last couple of weeks, hasn't really produced anything, but he came back with a vengeance on Wednesday and posted a great piece on Jerome Baker, who might be the most prized pass rusher on this defense, and he writes about it up on LockedOnDolphins.com, so check that out. But as for the rest of this podcast, let's go ahead and jump into the Twitter mailbag. I'm looking at 16 questions here so far. We're going to have to push some of those off till tomorrow, obviously, but you guys know the drill. I put the call out on Twitter for your questions. You respond. I answer them on the podcast and give you a Twitter shout out here as well. And the first one that comes in from Eldon Jensen, one of the good guys here on Dolphins Twitter, at EJ Football. And I did ask you guys for any topic you want to talk about, so we're going to do that on this podcast. But he asks, how severe is the possible mental damage if you read all the insane takes from the hashtag inches guys? which is, of course, referring to the 4th and Inches podcast, a Miami Dolphins light podcast, but more, I think, about comedy. I haven't listened to it in a while, so I apologize, fellas. But it is by Tone Oz, Vero Finn, and Mike P.S. And Mike P.S. is one of my favorite guys in all of Dolphins Twitter, and I love all three of those guys. But if I'm being totally honest, it's nothing personal, but I muted the 4th and Inches and the Inches and Inches Better, all that stuff they say on their timeline, which is fantastic marketing, don't get me wrong. But I had to mute it because and this is going to sound so pretentious, but when you get a certain amount of followers, the notifications can get overwhelming at times. And those dudes know how to overwhelm a mentions list or a mentions on a tweet. So I had to put those on the mute. So I don't see it all the time, but I do talk to Mike all the time and Vero Finn. Tone Oz, I talk to here and there, but not as much as the other two guys. But I think those guys are hilarious and fantastic stuff. Next question here from Life Fighter at Brand, uh, BR Anderson 7474 top three all-time TV series. That is so difficult because I have probably like 12 or 15 I could give you. Breaking Bad is easily number one. That's without question to me. I think South Park is probably the most legendary series of all time. 
and picking a third one's going to be so difficult, but I'll go with Silicon Valley from HBO. They finished up five seasons. I believe the series finale or the, the final season is going to be next April, which I'm very sad about, but that's a fantastic comedy, just brilliantly written. I prefer comedy over everything else, but there's so many good dramas out there too. I just can't list them all. So I'll go Breaking Bad, South Park, and Silicon Valley. Next question from Mark Rutherford at Sasquatch213. If Minka is used in various roles, do you think this will help or hinder his progression compared to having one specific role? I don't think it'll hinder him at all because he did it last year as a rookie and we saw him kind of take his lumps and his bruises in certain aspects of those multi-roles that he played on the defense. But I think that he's so smart and so eager to prepare himself to play all those positions that I don't think he's going to have a problem doing that stuff. And I talked about it earlier in the podcast. The big difference for Minka this year is that they're going to have a purpose for him and he's going to be in positions to do specific jobs opposed to just filling out those spots because certain guys are injured and they need him there. They're going to have a task for him and that's something Matt Burke never really seemed to have with any of his defenders and just like Mike Tannenbaum did by signing TJ McDonald when you already had Rashad Jones. So my answer to that mark would be no. I think he'll shine regardless. Next question here comes from Danny Sanella at dsanella52. Hypothetical. Do you think it is possible for a team to put all their eggs in one basket and throw as much money into one season as possible, even if it royally screws them for the next 20 years? In general, it doesn't have to be about the Dolphins. I think we probably saw the, the best case of that last year or the last couple of years with the Rams, for instance, going after Brandon Cooks and Adamican Sue and Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib. I mean, they invested so much money and draft capital into those guys and it got them to the Super Bowl, which frankly, I would take that as a Dolphins fan. Wouldn't you guys like sacrifice the future for a trip to the Super Bowl, having a season that's that much fun, winning 12, 13 games, winning multiple playoff games? I would probably kill somebody for that type of success. I've been waiting my whole life for it. Now, as far as what it means for the, a team that does that, the Rams, they're still in that position. I think you have to do it in a measured approach where if you do have a quarterback on the cheap contract, like for instance, if Josh Rosen works out, the Dolphins can do that. The Eagles kind of loaded up the last couple of years by going after pass rushers and corners and just adding guys to that roster over and over again. And it worked for them, got them a Super Bowl, and they're still one of the heavyweights in the NFL, in my opinion. And I don't think they're crippled beyond the point of being able to do much with their roster going forward. But the key to it all, Danny, is you got to have the quarterback on the rookie contract because otherwise you can't do it. Let's do one more here. And then we're going to get to the rest of these on tomorrow's podcast. I promise you guys that. And let's go with this last one here because it stays on theme for the podcast today. It's from Gareth Mellon at Gareth underscore Mellon. He actually writes me some tweet or some DM sometimes and gives me suggestions for content for the podcast. And I'm greatly appreciative of it, especially this time of year. So I appreciate that, Gareth. He asks, if Bobby McCain can retrain as a free safety at an above average level with the lineup in the secondary looking like this, McCain, Jones, X, Rowe, and then Fitzpatrick, can it be good enough to cover up the deficiencies in the pass rush? I think absolutely, because like I talked about, that's going to be the driving force of the secondary. They want to play tight press man coverage. The Patriots ran it more than anybody else last year. But even then, the most man defense ran 54% man. So you're still going to run zone half the time, probably at minimum. 
But the idea is you press and you force teams to play or to beat you off the line of scrimmage. And that forces the quarterback to make some quick reads, to try to go to a second read. And from there, with your stunts and your games and your twists and the ability to rush different linebackers and disguise that rush based on those very different fronts they have, that's how you create the pressure. It's more of a team process than an individual thing. They did it in New England for years. They still found ways to get pressure on the quarterback. Do the Dolphins have those pieces to rush the quarterback? I think they're probably one or two of those guys away from being able to fully execute that scheme. But the idea on the back end is to be so good and locked down that you can create that pressure package by sending extra bodies because you can cover and man on the back end. But at the same time, you watch the Patriots defense on like third long, they're going to play way off zone coverage and force you to beat them in those zones into an eight-man coverage scheme that has a three-man pass rush. So it's multiple that way. But to answer your question, finally here to come to a conclusion, I think, yes, if those guys can stay healthy and play like I think they can, then it can make up for a lot of those pass rush deficiencies. All right, that's going to about do it for this podcast. Before we get out of here, I want to tell you guys about Grip6, where their goal is to literally make the best belt that has ever been made. Grip6 is an easy, thoughtful gift for dads, brothers, husbands, uncles, grandpas, and even moms and wives. They have ultra lightweight belts with no holes, no flap, and it carries a low profile with the buckle laying flat against your waist. It's super comfortable. I wear mine every single day. Grip6 is the only belt that has those features. And right now, Grip6 has a special offer for you at grip6.com slash lock. That's L-O-C-K-E, grip6.com slash lock. Okay, guys, I did promise you an Albert Wilson piece up on the website and to talk about it on the podcast today. That's not going to happen. I have a lot more numbers to crunch, but it will be the feature article on Sunday night as we get back into our regular routine of having a podcast Sunday night, Monday morning. So we'll have that for you guys, as well as a loaded week full of shows next week covering mandatory minicamp, and we'll have a show tomorrow with a heavy mailbag edition. But as for today's podcast, that is going to be my time. I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on the new Himalaya podcast app. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Check out the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Keep up to date on the Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for a Friday edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Caviar and cigarettes, well-busted etiquette.